I hope you're as excited to receive the word as I am to bring it today. I'm excited to bring the word of the Lord. So if you'll go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 3, I actually have three scriptures that I'm going to share with you today, and I'm going to tie all those together. Um, I'm going to talk today about wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom. Everybody say obedience. Obedience. I'm going to talk about wisdom and obedience and how important it is in the day that we're living in to walk wisely and to be obedient to the word of God. The word of God brings obedience. There's no youth service today. If there, We do have youth service, Sean? Is it? Oh, yes, it is a first. I'm so sorry, y'all. Go, youth, you guys are dismissed to your service. It is. It's May 1st, you guys. Does that blow anybody else's mind? I thought we were still in April. I didn't know the calendar had, had rolled over. That's amazing. Praise God for these youth. Amen. So we're going to talk about wisdom and obedience. I actually, I actually thought about my title this morning being, You Can Fix Stupid. But that sounded kind of harsh, so I'm not going to go that direction. You say, why'd you say it? Because the book of Proverbs, you can fix the things that are wrong in your life by following what God's word says. But I want to put up a picture this morning in relation to my sermon. If you go ahead and put that up, Ginger. Can you see it? How many don't like snakes? Y'all are like, this dude's always talking about snakes. I don't like them. That's a copperhead right there. And the picture obviously is very large, but I've been in enough woods, and especially in Louisiana in that area of Mississippi I used to run around in uh, for many years. In other words, the title of my sermon today is this, You Might Not See It. You Might Not See It. That really and truly, there are things that are right in front of us that could be hidden And how incredibly important it is for us to walk in wisdom and to walk in obedience to the word of God because there are some things that we might not see. So if you're in Genesis 3, go ahead and give me a good amen this morning. We're going to go to verse 6 today. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Look at your neighbor and tell him this morning once again, you might not see it. Heavenly Father, I pray as you've settled into this room through worship, through the lifting up of your name, God, I just pray that you help me preach and teach today, that, Lord, my words wouldn't be words of just myself, but would be anointed by the Holy Spirit, Father, that the hearts of the people that are present today, God, would be, they would be enriched by the word of God, they would be challenged by the word of God, that we would learn, God, what it means to walk in wisdom. And Father, today I pray that you would reveal to us any area that the enemy is in operation, that we may be able to walk wisely, Lord. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. We're still in Easter season. Jesus has not yet ascended to the right hand of the Father. And so we're still in a season where we get to celebrate the fact that Jesus won a victory over the snake on the cross. And we celebrate that. But when Jesus came in a manger, and then went to the cross, it was already predetermined by God of what his son would do in relation to our salvation. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. The enemy has never caught God off guard. <laughs> he, he's, he's never snuck up on him. He's never, God has never not been able to see clearly what is going on. And For every plot of the enemy, God has always had a plan. Amen? Scripture tells us this very plainly, that the lamb was slain from the very foundation of the world. So what this tells us about the Easter season that we're still in, that Easter was already 
decision was already made before God ever sent his son. So this morning I want to step back into, in Genesis 3, the creation story. And I want you to step back into how those first two or three chapters of Genesis unfold. We, of course, see God begin creation, and he begins to separate the waters, and he begins to create animals in these days. And the, and the thing that we know from the Genesis account is that God looked at it, and he said, it is good. Everybody say good. And then, of course, he created man and then brought woman out of man. And here's what he said about that. He said, it is very, very good. But here's what he told them. He said, you can partake of anything that is created in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, we know the story, the the angel, the archangel, Lucifer, had fallen from heaven, he lost his seat, he lost his place, he lost his access, and he is cast down. So what do we see happen? We see the serpent show up in the garden in order to, of course, tempt Adam and Eve. And what I find fascinating about the story of redemption and the story of creation is that with two sentences, two sentences, everything got messed up. Does that, anybody else find that fascinating this morning? With just two things that the enemy said, everything fell apart. That the enemy is this, that he can be very convincing, he can be very hidden, he can be very lucrative, he can be hiding in something that we don't even see in front of us, which brings me to my first point this morning. And here's what this story exemplifies to me immediately. If you're going to exemplify wisdom and obedience, you're going to have to be very careful who you talk to. Come on, somebody. Listen, they were talking to a snake, but the snake was hosting Satan, right? They are talking to a snake, but it says in, in, in Ephesians, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And one of the ways Scripture teaches us that the battle will unfold, there will be people that will allow themselves to become hosts to spiritual wickedness in high places. There will be people that will be utilized by the enemy in order to lie, kill, steal, and destroy. The issue that we find this morning is we can't always identify exactly where it is he's operating Because oftentimes we have trouble seeing what the enemy's doing. We have trouble discerning the enemy's voice. And I came to give you encouragement, but also a challenge and a warning this morning that in the days that we are living in, we are to be the people who can identify where the enemy's operating. And that may be news to you today. If you're visiting with you, you say, Why? He's talking about an enemy. Listen, you have an enemy. His name is Satan, the devil, Diablos, the accuser. And the point is that you could be talking to, and I tried to pull out a couple names, and hopefully these aren't your names this morning. You could be talking to Beulah and Fred, but you're not really talking to Beulah and Fred. Is everybody catching me? She didn't know. It wasn't uncommon, obviously, for her to be able to communicate. And don't miss this. The enemy didn't come as something ugly and something hideous in in these caricatures that we see in in, in pop culture and in recent media of something that you would easily identify. The devil doesn't show up and pop up and say, it's me and scare you. He comes as something beautiful. He comes as someone speaking something that seems and looks like the truth, but the church has lacked discernment in our lives. We've lacked an understanding that there is an enemy, that he comes sometimes. And listen, you may think that you're talking to this particular person, but can I just give you a little bit of a warning here that you have to be careful who you're talking to. You have to be discerning about who you're hearing from. There's a conversation, and you maybe feel a little bit further from God after that conversation. There's a conversation and you feel like maybe you're more condemned than you went into the conversation. You 
have a conversation and somebody's leading you in a way and speaking you, to you in a way that's going to lead you further away from God, not closer to God. Can I tell you this morning, your relationships matter because we sometimes can't identify where the snake is speaking. And I'm not talking about your boyfriend or girlfriend this morning. Come on. I'm not talking about your husband or your wife. Hopefully. We're told by the Apostle John this, test the spirits to see which ones are from God. And just stick with me. I'm going somewhere this morning. Another thing about living a wise life, and we're going somewhere, just, just stick with me. Number two, if you're taking notes, don't look for the right thing in the wrong place. Don't look for the right thing in the wrong place. It's very possible to be looking for the right thing, but to be looking in the wrong place. And here's the thing. The enemy has a way of setting us up just like he set up Adam and Eve. It's this. For us to give up what we already have in our possession in order to gain something we already have. Let me give you an example. Marriage. The Bible says that the marriage bed is undefiled. You have a marriage. You're working on your marriage. It's a decent marriage. But here's what the enemy will come and do. He will begin to hook you with the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. And next thing you know, you're giving up something that you already have to get something that you already have. Are you tracking with me? Why do I say that this morning? Because in Genesis 3, we see very clearly that God had come and he said, everything that I have put in front of you is what? It's good. I've created the animals. I've created trees. I've created the water. I've created the seas. I've created all this beauty, the moon and the stars and this relationship that they enjoyed with God. The one thing he told them not to do was to eat of the tree. And she goes on to say, in, in the scripture says in Genesis 3, 6, it, it says that when he came to tempt her, he said, she said, it's good for wisdom and pleasant to the eye. It's good for wisdom and pleasant to the eye. And what we see here in relation to don't go looking for the thing that you already have. Because think about it. They already had a relationship with God. They already had all the wisdom that they had need of. They already had communication and being able to discern what was really going on around them. But when they looked at it, they were already... James 1.5 that we just read, it says... That when you need wisdom, you can ask of God who gives liberally without reproach. Everybody say reproach. It means that there is a wisdom that seems right. Come on. But there's a wisdom that can bring reproach. There's a wisdom that can be dangerous. There's a wisdom that can seem right in the moment. And the most important thing we can do is understand that the enemy operates in such a way that you're not always going to be able to see him. You're not always going to be able to discern where he's operating from. I mean, does the Bible not say that we are to be wary of the snare of the fowler? That's Bible. Does the Bible not tell us that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy? Listen to me, that's Bible. Are we not told that in the last days many will be deceived? Even the elect, if that were possible, that's Bible. I came just to give you a simple but hopefully a deep word and a profound word that it doesn't always look like what it really is. And sometimes we give up the very thing that we already, they already had wisdom. They already had everything that's good. They already had everything pertaining to life and godliness. They already Is anybody else fascinated by the fact that you can have all of these things right in front of you, but you don't ever really see them? We don't ever really evaluate and say, God, look at everything that you've done. So number one this morning is simple yet very important. Be careful who you're talking to because it might just be a snake. <laughs> number two... Don't look for the right thing 
in the wrong place. What was she looking for? She was looking for wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. There's two types of wisdom. We know this. Two types of wisdom. There's the wisdom of God and there's the wisdom of man. There's the wisdom of the word and there's the wisdom of the world. There is the wisdom of life experiences and there is the wisdom of seeking God. And the snake was described as this, crafty. That sounds like a negative word, but you'll find the exact same word all through the rest of the Bible when it comes to to Proverbs and when it comes to wisdom. The word crafty is right there in Proverbs as a good thing. My point is that he disguised himself to look like something good. And that's what some of you all have been messing with is a crafty snake. Amen? Because he will come as an angel of light, the Bible says. So So the thing the enemy was looking to host him wasn't something hideous and ugly and naturally to the eye that we could... I have found something in my own life. When I look at a situation, a circumstance, or what I'm trying to seek, what the will of God is... I ask God, God, do not let me look with these. Come on, somebody. Let me look with the eyes of of the Spirit. Let me look at something deeper. Because we all, like Eve, have a proclivity to be drawn away by the things that we see with our eyes. And we don't know that there's something dangerous actually lurking in those limbs of a tree. It it strikes me not much has changed in thousands of years. People go looking for wisdom, and you got to be careful about where you're seeking your wisdom at in this day and age. If you get most of your wisdom from Google, <laughs> yeah. If you get most of your wisdom from social media, may the Lord have mercy on your soul. We've become a very unwise, undiscerning group of people in the church. I'll say this, even if your flavor is CNN or Fox, don't be getting your wisdom from those places. Because there may be something behind that that you don't naturally see. It says that the serpent was crafty. Look, he has been studying us for thousands of years. He has been studying us for a very long time. And again, wisdom and obedience are the keys that unlock what God is doing around us. Why is it so important? Because I'm sure you could agree with this statement. The snake's voice, his decibel level is getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And it's time for the people of God to understand point number two, so, so, so important of this. Don't look for the right thing in the wrong place. She was looking for wisdom, but it was the wrong place to obtain wisdom. Number three, we see this in the story too. You never see it all. Everybody say, you never see it all. I want to show you that Adam and Eve, they're they're hanging out with God. They're spending time in everything God said was good, and it was really good. He goes through and he says, when he created man, "This this is good. This is so good. And since we can't see all the good and we can't see all the enemy is hiding, we forget sometimes that we can't see it all. And we fall prey to the same thing Eve fell prey to. Genesis 3, verse 6 again. When the woman saw that the tree was good. Now stop right there. When the woman saw that the tree was good. Remember, God had already called everything good. He had already said that except for the tree of the knowledge of. I mean, Eve, come on. That's what you're going to say about the tree? Of all the things to say about this one tree, she pipes up and says, it does. It looks good. Church, isn't it amazing? We only see the good in what we know we shouldn't have. She sees the tree. God has already warned. God has already said. God, in his relationship with them, said, look, everything is for you. Everything is available except. In church, we do this all the time, don't we? 
we see something, and the only thing that we can see about it from an outward appearance is, man, this is so good. It shows us how easily sometimes we can be deceived and led astray. I mean, again, I'm not picking on marriage. Marriage is wonderful. But I pastored a young adults group for many years. I used to really encourage, and I've encouraged people here at this church. I, I encourage them, date for a long time. Why is that? Because what you see in this season may not be what you see in the next season. Are you, are you tracking with me? What, what does it do? It, it gives time for you to evaluate, is this good or not? That's, that's what she got caught up in in the moment. She's like, wow, you're two statements from a serpent. Beautiful, too. Beautiful. So the things that look beautiful and the things that look good, when you get into a situation, here, here's my point, is that just because it may look good doesn't mean it's God. Especially in the day that we live in. The devil has become an expert at making something look good And in the end, the Bible says very clearly that it bites like a snake. How many people have I counseled throughout my ministry time that come to me and they've been addicted to something for 25 years and they make this statement. They said, if I had known when I took that first drink, if I had known when I took that first hit, when I had known when I popped that first pill, where it would take me in the future, I never would have partaken. Why is that? Because the devil always makes it look like what it's not. He always makes it look like something that, here's what, again, the Bible says, it says in the end it bites like a snake. So sometimes we can't see. Sometimes we need to stop and seek the Lord like never before. Sometimes we have to step back and say, God, What does this really look like? Because with two statements, (laughs) did the Lord surely say? Church, we would do one very important thing, get back to the word of God and what it says and realize who is saying it. James 1.5 clearly tells us that God isn't not going to give you wisdom when you ask him, but his wisdom doesn't come with reproach. It comes with life. And it comes with fulfillment. And it comes with an understanding that when you walk in wisdom, when you seek God and say, God, I know what this looks like on the outside, but Father, I want to know what it really is going on behind. Because even 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 go back and take it just, just a step back. It may be good and look good, but it's not God's plan for you. I, I can't tell you how many times I've walked through life and Lee and I have been praying about a situation and praying about ministry opportunities or whatever it happens to be and everything looks good from the outside and can I tell you what the best thing you do is just step back and say God you show me what's really going on you you show me because when she looked at the tree she said boy that's good and listen there was good but it's the knowledge of good and evil there's two simultaneous things going on there and that's really sums up life when we are walking through life and we're walking through areas that can be difficult. And I wanted to come and tell you this morning that we live in enemy territory. Don't look for peace in a time of war, evangelist Steve Hill used to say. What does that mean? We live in snake territory. We live in a time and a season when the snake is speaking, when he is trying to get people pulled away from truth and what he is saying. A great prayer to pray is, God, help me see what I can't see. Matter of fact, let's stop and do that right now. Bow your head. Father, help us see what we don't see. Help us to see beyond the lies of the enemy. Help us see beyond the darkness that he shrouds himself in. Even help us see beyond something that looks beautiful and enticing from the outside. But Father, I pray you would show us the end of the thing. What comes after, Lord God, today? Open our eyes, Father, to the enemy and what he is trying to do.
The Bible tells us sin can be defined in several ways. It's defined as missing the mark, falling short of the standard of God, transgressing boundaries God has set, and there's several more. But if you just take those three and you look at this instance of her partaking of what God said not to partake of, you see that they broke all three. They did every one of these. They missed the mark God had set for them. They fell short of the standard that God set, and they went past the boundaries God set up, all because they were looking for the right thing in the wrong place. And we wonder sometimes, God, what aren't we seeing? What, what, what am I not seeing? It's possible we have been talking to some snakes. Doesn't the Bible say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then skip on down. It says, Deliver us from evil. Why do we pray that? Because sometimes we can't see what is evil. And we need God's discernment. It seemed good. It looked pleasing. It looked like it was going to bring wisdom. It was going to bring blessing to their life. But in those short sentences was the fall of mankind. The Bible says that he who wins souls is wise. Can I tell you something this morning? Probably the wisest soul that you can win is your own right inside you today. Number four, sometimes the snake hides and he bites. So sometimes the snake will come, and here's what I've learned in my life, and here's what I want to bring this down to. Sometimes if I can discern that it's really the enemy trying to entice me of something that looks good, when I look around at all my blessings, I realize I already have what it is he's enticing me with. Can anybody testify? So if I don't fall for the voice, if I don't fall for the old trick of making it look beautiful and pleasant and good and pleasing, and, and, and here's what the enemy did, and he does it to all of us. He begins to try to get us to doubt the goodness and the care and the boundaries of the Lord God Almighty and his word. He begins to question God. He'll come to people who are newly saved. Man, God's just trying to ruin your good time. God's just trying to separate you from all those friends that you've built up all those years. God, he really doesn't want you to be blessed and to be happy. And, you know, if you follow Jesus, it's going to just be a cross on your back every single day. Can I tell you that is lies from the enemy and it keeps people separated from a life-giving relationship with God? Because when God created a relationship with us, he called it very good. And if he can't come and, and lie to us through his voice and you begin through discernment and through practice, the Bible says, and through understanding that is how he operates, when you begin to see him, here's what I've learned, then he hides. <laughs> he will try to come as an angel disguised as light, the Bible says. It says he will try to come as a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's the Bible. He will try to come and entice you in that way. And if you stand up to him and begin to operate in the principles of God's word, ask God for wisdom, see things how they're supposed to be, then he goes and he hides. But can I tell you this morning, he hides, but he's still not done. Because there's a story found in the book of Acts in Acts 28. So if he can't beguile you with words, I promise you he still wants to bite. If he can't get you with his words through a person or entice you with something that looks good in the moment, but realize in the moment you already have everything you need if you're in Christ Jesus. And if he can't do that, what he'll do is he'll hide away for an opportune time. We see this in the life of Jesus. He's tempted. He overcomes the temptations in the wilderness. And it says that the enemy withdrew until and more opportune time. You say, man, it's a Sunday morning. I wanted to be encouraged. I encourage you to watch out for him. <laughs> I encourage you to understand that there really is an enemy that would like nothing more than to destroy your marriage, destroy your kids. He would love nothing more than to get churches deceived in the season that we're living in and not really see where he is operating because I assure you he is operating and we will be people of wisdom and we will be people of discernment and we will be people of prayer and we will be people who the Holy Spirit can just give us. You ever had a gut feeling? Good. 
you need to trust the Holy Spirit when you have a relationship with him. That's not paranoia, and I'm not putting fear on you this morning. I want you to understand, and here in Acts 28, Paul is on his way to Rome because Paul is a Roman citizen, and he's been arrested. Instead of being tried right there, he appeals to his Roman citizenship. So if you did that, then you had to go all the way to Rome, and you were tried. So he's on a ship. The ship hits a storm of storms. There's 276 souls on board, and those 276 souls, Paul's in prayer praying for the ship, and he stands up. Again, how important it is for us to get the word of God. How important for, it, for, for us to know what God is saying in any given moment. That is possible in our lives. It doesn't mean we don't miss it. I've missed it more times than I care to admit. But when we set our hearts to say, God, I want to understand what you say about it before anybody else, it sets you on a course of not being deceived. And Paul stands up and he says, look, an angel visited me last night. He gave me uh, what's going to happen. The ship's going to go down, but everybody is going to be saved. They, the ship goes down and they make their way to shore. And as they make their way to shore, they have to be cold. They have to be frightened. They have to be scared. And they have to be just upside down. And Paul, and I see this as a servant heart of Paul. He was always probably serving people even though he's wrote a third of the New Testament, two-thirds of the New Testament, he starts picking up sticks. He's picking up sticks because he wants to start a fire. And it's interesting, the enemy couldn't fool Paul because of his revelation and his relationship with God. So if the enemy can't fool you with his words and get you to entice by something that you already have and speaking through people that you know are being used by the enemy to speak into your life right now in this season, he'll hide away in some sticks. He'll hide away in a place that you're not necessarily ready, but we have to be on guard and ready because if he can't come as something beautiful, he is still going to bite. Can I tell you something? The enemy loves to bite. Has anybody experienced this? He loves to bite. How many have experienced a bite of a snake? And here's, here's my point this morning. In, in Acts 28, verse 5, it says, But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. <laughs> Isn't it interesting when, when the devil does come and attack? And listen, there's seasons where he attacks. Everybody else is looking for you to go ahead and be taken out by what the enemy has done. But can I tell you this morning that when God is on your side and when you have sought him and you have put your trust in him and you have put your faith in him and you have put your, your complete and total control of your life over into his hands, it, the snake can still bite and other people can be looking back and looking at the situation in your life and saying, yeah, they're going down this time. And that's what they were thinking about Paul. But after they had looked for a long time, everybody say long time, and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. So he goes from being a criminal in two verses, three verses earlier to now becoming a God. But there is a time lapse in the text that we can't miss. It says after a long time. So now they're all avoiding him. They're all, I don't know if Paul just went over and maybe sat down on a stump and he just shook that thing off. When you walk in God's wisdom and you have not the word of a snake, but you've got the word of God backing you up, I came to tell you something this morning that if God said that you're going to be saved and you're going to be delivered and you're going to be healed and you're going to be free from addiction and you're going to be free to be able to worship him in freedom and in truth, can I tell you when God's word comes and we walk in it, there's nothing that's going to stop you. It doesn't mean the enemy doesn't try. It doesn't mean that there's not a bite. But listen, we can do what Paul did in that time and everybody say just shake that thing off because if he can't get a lies into you he's going to bite I have walked through some of the serpent's bites over the last few months of my life and I've been seeking the Lord the first thing I seek is God have I opened up some kind of a door that's opening me up to attack so if there is then I shut it and shut him out amen his voice his bite everything else if that's not the case, then I begin to seek him deeper and I say, Lord, what is this season that I'm walking in? And recently he told me, he said, how can I put you in front of a people that you're telling to overcome if you can't overcome yourself? 
That's what the Bible calls us, overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, loving not our own lives even unto death. So God has put me in certain positions where for a few moments I've thought about just drawing back and after 25 years of fights and fights and bites and bites and bites and bites, listen to me, he reminded me just like the Apostle Paul, and I'm not the Apostle Paul by the way, just like the Apostle Paul, he's going to be hidden and he's going to bite, but sometimes you just got to shake that thing off and the whole world could be looking at you and say, this is the one that's going to take them down. But sometimes, church, the best thing you can do is just say, hey, I'm still here. I'm still kicking. It may look like this. It may look like it's going to take me down, but I came to tell you this morning that you are an overcomer. Woo. How could we ever overcome unless we have something to overcome? <laughs> How can you ever have a testimony unless you've been through a... That's where some of you are. You have walked in wisdom. You, you, have, you have sought the Lord when, it, when something seems one way and you're reaching for it. There is that check in your spirit that you just back up and say, God, I want, I want to see this the way you see it. That's what Adam and Eve did not do. God, what? Shouldn't there have been a moment, and you see in the scripture, we blame Eve all the time, and Adam was with her. Why didn't that dude ever step up? Hey, hold up. I, he's, he's, this serpent is beautiful. He's beguiling. He's crafty. And the word crafty was not a negative word. The Bible says clearly, be as wise as and as harmless as. So, if there would have been a stopping in that moment of reaching for something that they already had, then I guarantee you the enemy would have just gone off for a while and he would have hidden in something else. The enemy loves to hide. And my question this morning is, is can you see him with the help of, of the word of God and the help of the wisdom of God and the help of the discernment of God and the help of a relationship with the Holy God through the Holy Spirit? You can see it, and you can be warned. But there's even those times when you're just doing your you're just doing your best to go through life. Picking up sticks is just a natural to me, as I read it, just a natural occurrence of life. It's those days that you got to take the kids to school early, and you've got an extra long ten hour day, and you've got dinner to make at night, and you've got an outreach on Monday, and you've got salad to pick up at Sam's, and you've got a funeral service. It's just all that you're picking up sticks. Listen to me. That is listen. That is when he likes to bite. It's, this was unexpected out of nowhere, but you see, Paul, Paul just, <laughs> shake it off. And, and here, here's, here's the thing. When, when it does bite, that had to have hurt. I can, I can thankfully say I've never been bit by a snake. And I can tell you this morning, I never want to. <laughs> never want to. That had to hurt. Can I tell you, if the enemy can't get you with his words, when the bite comes, here's what he's looking to do. He is, a, he is wanting to get the poison into your spiritual system. Because if he can't get you to pick it, you follow on me. If you see it, and wait, that is not God. That, that relationship that I'm in, I'm beginning to see some things surface that, God, you're warning me. That, that job situation, I'm beginning to see some things that, God, you're opening my eyes. And if he can't get you to pick it, what he wants to do is get the... Here's the thing. It hurt in the moment. In the natural course of life, things that happen to us, they hurt in the moment. Things that have happened to me lately, they've hurt in the moment. And here's what the enemy wants to do to every single one of us. He doesn't want to just get the poison into your hand. He wants the poison to go through your whole body. If you've been hurt lately, that, that place of hurt, that snake bite could become a place of unforgiveness. And I came to remind you this morning of the word of God that says if you don't forgive, God doesn't forgive you too. That, that's Bible, by the way. But what is the enemy's plan? The other the enemy's plan is this. The, the Bible says that a root of bitterness springing up and it defiles many. How many have allowed the... the the, the, the poison of unforgiveness and the poison of bitterness and the poison of, of broken relationship, or you may even be here and been hurt by a church. Can I tell you, people say all the time, you know, I, I can't go to church, people are hypocrites. Yeah, because <laughs> they're people. 
But it doesn't mean that God doesn't lead you to a place where if you will allow him, that poison doesn't have. You can't control the circumstance, but you can absolutely control your response to the circumstance. Paul just, everybody say shake it off. Shake it off. Put your hand out. Shake it off. Shake it off. off. If he can't lie to you, then he's going to come full circle and he's going to try to bite you. And the bite is for one purpose and one purpose only. It is absolutely to try to get his poison into your marriage, into your home, into your relationships, into everything. So, sometimes we need to really evaluate who it is we're talking to we see from this story. Number two, it's really important that the enemy's tempting temptation is for them to reach for something that they already had. I can't help but think of marriages. The grass is not always greener. As I saw recently, it's, it's, it's green where you water it. I, I, I'm telling you, as a pastor, I've seen people walk around this very thing, not walking in wisdom and wa- not walking in obedience to God's word. doesn't mean that marriage and relationship can't be tough at times, but can I tell you what's, what's tougher? Getting up into age and you see a string of broken relationships because we didn't listen to God the first time. Come on, somebody. And I just want to tell you today that sometimes the best thing that you can do in this passage right here in Acts, best thing you can do sometimes is just outlast the trial that you're going through. Sometimes the best thing, Paul just sat down and anywhere from 15 minutes to two hours, they had seen this. They had seen people get bit by a viper. They had seen people die within a few minutes. They had some take as long, but they would have just started getting sicker and sicker and sicker. How to evaluate if you've been bit by a serpent? What's the condition of your soul this morning? Because it's not oftentimes outwardly that we can see where the enemy has bitten. It's inwardly in our soul. So if you're operating in frustration and you're operating in anger and you're operating in, in those type of things, you can step back and say, God, I need to win my own soul back. Stand with me this morning. Let me finish this story out today and see what happens when we overcome the bite, not letting the poison of what people think and feel about our situation, the poisoning of doubt and unbelief to enter into our hearts. In that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him. If you don't fall for the, the snake coming as something that looks good and you can't really see him, if you get bit and you overcome that, can I tell you where God's leading many of you in this room? The same place that you're bit is the same place that God's going to use to heal somebody else in. Because he got bit right here on his hand. He shook it off. He trusted God. And the very place where the enemy tried to take you out is the place of your greatest ministry this morning. It might be your marriage. You, you've struggled in your marriage and you're finally God's putting this thing back together. Can I tell you what he'll do in the future? He'll put somebody else beside you that needs to hear a good word about marriage. You might be walking through physical difficulties and the snake has bit you in, in a way that your physical body is just struggling and fighting. Can I tell you, my God is a healer. You may be here and you're struggling with addiction issues. I want to tell you, my God's a deliverer. And God always raises us up so that we can turn around with our hands just mean, all through the Bible, authority and ministry. That's what the devil's trying to take from you. That's what he took from him in Genesis 3 in the garden. Be fruitful and multiply. Go enjoy what I have created. Go enjoy this beautiful setting that I've placed you in. Come and enjoy a relationship with your creator. And the enemy always comes to try to steal what God has already ordained that we can and should have. We just go looking for it in the wrong places. 
And the enemy will come and attack. And what he's trying to take from anybody in this room, he's trying to take your authority and he's trying to take your, your ministry. It says the God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. He is a defeated foe. But like any defeated foe who knows his time is short, it says he has come down with great wrath. The days that we're living in are days that we need to seek God and his wisdom and be obedient to his word like never before. Because he is not playing games. He, does, he wants to get the poison circulating through your system. Because the principle of the word is also this. When bitterness comes up and something comes up, it, you can either use your hands to bring healing and deliverance and authority, or you can use your hands to hurt. You can use your hands to pull something off of a tree that doesn't belong to you and begin to partake of it. And that is going to take you much further than you ever wanted to go and keep you in sin much longer than what you ever dreamed it would keep you. But I came to tell you this morning that God gives us discernment. He gives us boundaries. He gives us his word that if you'll walk in wisdom and ask him when you're faced with a situation, God will provide. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning as we finish and go to the Lord in prayer. Let me ask this question. First off, and this is very important, does anybody here just say, I have never surrendered my entire life to the Lord? I've never, I've never come to the place where I, listen, salvation is not checking a box or walking up here and shaking my hand or salvation isn't even coming to church. Salvation is making Jesus the Lord of your life. It's saying, God, I have nothing to give you, but you have offered me salvation and life abundantly and full of glory and goodness. And I'm going to exchange what I have for what you have. I want to ask that question this morning. Would anybody here just say, I want to lay everything down to Jesus and receive him and receive his forgiveness? Is anybody here? Just shoot your hand up. Shoot your hand up. Amen. 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 Before we move on and pray for those who are snake bit these people want to make jesus the complete total lord of their life church we got six seven people signed up to be baptized here in a couple weeks that's praise god god's moving in our midst let's pray this together dear heavenly father i come today with an honest heart and i admit that i have sinned and fallen short of your glory Today, Father, I want to receive forgiveness. I want to receive hope. I want to make you the Lord of my life. Come and take control. Wash me and cleanse me from all sin. Come into my life. Change my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God some praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to encourage you. Now you've taken that first step. You need to be discipled. That's what we're called. It's not even Christians. We're called disciples. Amen. Here's what I want to do. Just in no head bowed and eye closed. If you'd shoot up your hand and just say, I need some good old-fashioned wisdom, Pastor. I've got some things coming in my life. I've got some situations going on that I need to see things clearly. I'm telling you that I'm telling you. I was excited to bring this word because I had, I had the Holy Spirit give me very clear, clear directions that when we pray today, your eyes are going to be open spiritually. It's going to happen. I wouldn't have preached this if there wasn't an end that I was aiming for. And the end that I'm aiming for is that we wouldn't judge things by the outward appearance, that we would ju judge things with discernment in the word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit. So let's lift our hands today. Father, in obedience to your leading and in obedience to your word, today is a day that our eyes are opened in Jesus' name. That, God, we would see situations in front of us for what they are. We would discern the enemy's voice, even if it's through something that hooks our eye and, and digs into even the lust of our flesh. Father, we bind all those things and we bind the voice of the enemy and we ask for wisdom to be loosed and released in the people of God. 
Father, everybody here has circumstances and situations that we need to hear from heaven. God, let a, let a lifeline and a direct line to heaven and the wisdom of God. Lord, we claim your word in James 1.5 that whoever is lacking wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally without approach, and it will be given. Father, we ask for that wisdom today. And Lord, let me go on to the next verse. But he who asks, let him not doubt. So here it is, church. Do not doubt that God is releasing wisdom into your life because if you continue to doubt, you are like a ship that's tossed on waves back and forth. Everything's good. Everything's bad. Everything's good. Everything's bad. Listen to me. That is not a stable Christian life. And for those who have been snake bit, I pray this morning that the Spirit of God would pull out that poison would pull out that bitterness, would pull out that unforgiveness, would pull out everything that the enemy meant for evil and harm, God, we pray today it would begin to turn in Jesus' name for good and blessing and enrichment and growth. Let not the enemy's bite and poison filter into our system today, Lord. But, Father, may we be able to use our hands to glorify you, the lifting of holy hands without death, uh, without wrath or doubting, with laying on hands of other people and seeing people blessed and healed and delivered. Father, restore ministry through the seasons that we've come through. And God, I pray today that we would be overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Father, we love you, and I bless the people of God at Christian Center Church, Father. May they be blessed going in, and may they be blessed going out. Father, may they be blessed at home and blessed at work. Father, watch over our children and our children's children. From generation to generation, we declare blessing over them in Jesus Christ's holy name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Love you. Go in the name of the Lord. If you guys would, uh, as Leah mentioned, if you're going to help, and we do need help the next couple days, come see Leah right here. Men, if you're going to be helping with the Mother's Day, go right to the back. And then please excuse Leah and I today. We have to run out and take care of some things for the church. Amen.